Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning. We're gonna give uh, one more minute for everybody to get started. And uh, what questions do you have for me today? Any questions? Good morning, Ed. And we have a lot of more people in the line today, so I'd appreciate if you say good morning. In the meantime, I'm gonna be opening. Henry, good morning. Louis, good morning. I see you very, very often in the platform. Rose, good morning, everyone. All right, very good. Let's see. Uh, what's up? What's up, Louis? All right. Let's see. What questions do you guys have for me this morning? Anything in particular? Anything about how to generate more leads? Anything about how to convert more of those leads? Let's see right here. Want to review from last week? All right, let's get started. We got more than enough people on the line. And we um, let me say hello to Aner. Good morning, Robert, Hugo, Salvador, Mabel, Salvador. We are here to we are here together with Terry. Terry, oh good morning, Terry. Who says good morning? Good morning to both of you. I know you guys are in Weston. All right, let's get started with today's uh session. Very simple, guys. It is the end of the year. Things are at least in our end stand, start to slow down a little bit, most likely for you, unless you have closings coming, pending closings from November of October, it starts to slow down and it's normal, all right? This is the perfect time to truly sit down and analyze exactly what is it that you want to accomplish for the first quarter of 2020. So if I ask you right now, what is your number one goal for 2020? I want a very specific goal. It's not to make more money. It is in terms of goals, in terms of real estate, for example, how many listings do you want? Remember, it is amazing to work with buyers. Don't forget about buyers, but start focusing on sellers. Sellers, it's the key to growing your business. Why? I'll give you three main reasons. Sellers allow you to have the free marketing. Remember guys, we are in the business of what? Not real estate, but marketing. Sellers, uh, listings allow you to have free marketing. Why? Because of those for sale signs are there and you are not paying anything for it. Number two, allows you to leverage yourself. What do I mean by leverage? Well, you can't work with five buyers in the same time, in the same day. However, you can work or have five, seven, 10, 15, 20, 30 listings at a time. And number three, very important. Now you have control over the inventory. When you're working with buyers, you can't control their actions. You can make them work with you. Sometimes they go with some, somebody else, they go directly into a sales center and they buy. But when you have the listing, whoever sells that listing, you're gonna get paid. So there are three very, very important reasons why you should concentrate on working with sellers. Most agents don't work with sellers for the simple reason that they have not yet developed their sales skills. So understand, I'm going to get paid by the market, not because of how much effort I put into real estate, but how much, how many, how much skills do I have, right? So do you have the skills right now to become a top listing agent in your area? And if not, that's what we're here for, all right? So I want to make sure that today I focus only on one thing. 
how to become a top listing agent. And the reason is that on the Thursday, it's pretty much sold out, but on Thursday, we have a top listing agent workshop. I'm bringing Riley Smith, number one listing agent in Miami. I'm bringing Anthony Asco with 125 listings on average sold during the past 10 years, 125 listings and a year sold during the last 10 years. I'm bringing Oscar Teran, one, the number one listing agent for Avanti Way, and one of my best, best agents, Nivaldo Soria, who started one B from zero, and he's the dominating agent in six different buildings in Miami Beach, all right? Understand the importance of becoming a top listing agent. So I'm gonna go, I know, uh, you guys said it right here, Scott, good morning from Sunny Isles, from beautiful Sunny Isles. You forgot that one, Scott. Beautiful Sunny Isles. This is why you always uh, say, Ugo, connection is good today. Thank you. I know I know. last week was a really, really bad connection. And some of you mentioned that the connection was so bad. You know, it was uh, Cyber Monday. So I think a lot of sites were either slow or down. All right, Maureen, I want to prepare for next year. Now, Maureen, here's the, the, the important question. What do we want to prepare on? And again, every single person in the line today should be making a plan and executing on a strategy to increase the number of listings. And I know getting listing, listings is more difficult than getting buyers, but getting the listings is what's going to give us the presence, is what's going to give us the leverage, is what's going to give us the free marketing, and ultimately is what's gonna give us way more, not only more money, but stability in our business, all right? So as Gus says, three millions in listings by the end of January, it's the goal. Now, very good school, Scott. And Salvador says three listings, right? In January, 1.2 million in all. All right. So the number one thing we need to find out in order to get to three million, in, in uh, uh, for example, in Scott's uh, example, or Salvador, $1.2 million by the end of January, it's number one, do I have enough properties sold in my area. You, most of you already know that. You need to identify an area of 80 to 90 properties sold within the last 12 months. That's number one. I want to make sure that my market is active enough so I can have enough listings, right? That's step number one. Now, step number two is developing my specialized knowledge. I know that when I go to a listing presentation, you need to know that, that when you go into a listing presentation, you are not only competing, all right, to get the listing from one or two agents, you're competing with top, top agents in your area. Remember, the average seller talks to 4.5, according to Real Florida Realtor, um, uh, National Realtors Association, the average seller speaks to 4.5 agents before hiring the, the one that he thinks is the right one for the job of selling their home. So you need to develop not only your sales skills, but you need to develop your specialized knowledge. And we talked about that before. So Scott Salvador, right? A&R, right? All of you right, right here interacting with me. And there, we have a lot of people today, way more than last week. Okay, good. So understanding that I need six things that I need to know before I go into my presentation, by memory, internalize that. I need to know the number of properties for sale. I need to know the average price, the average price for it per square foot, the highest for sale, the lowest for sale, and based on the market, right? I need to internalize that. And something that I recommend my top listing agents at every single day in the morning, they set up their hot sheet. 
all right, for 24 hours. And while they're brushing their teeth, all they have to do is look at their phone and see in the hot sheet, number of properties for sale, average price, average price per square foot based on the market, and that's it. Six things, right? Number of properties for sale, average price, average price per square foot, highest for sale, lowest for sale, and based on the market. What that's going to allow me is to have a very convincing argument that I'm the right agent for the job of selling their home. Because one of the objections that you are going to get from your from your sellers is, I love your presentation, Scott, Aynar, right, Salvador, but I would like to interview other agents. And the answer to that should be the following, Mr. Seller, I completely understand that you, as the seller, want to interview other agents because you want to find the agent that is most prepared for the job of selling your home. Agree? And of course, the seller is going to say yes. Well, Mr. Seller, in order for you to find that agent that is most prepared for the job of selling your home at the highest price, who needs to be prepared first? You, Mr. Seller, needs to be prepared first. So I'm going to give you, this is an example, right? I'm going to give you a list of six questions that you need to ask that prospective, that potential uh, agent for the job of selling your home. As a matter of fact, there's 12 questions. There are six questions that go like, go like this. Mr. Seller, you need to ask that person that says he's an expert in your area, all right, Mr. Agent, tell me how many properties are for sale. Tell me the average price, average price per square foot, days on the market, highest for sale, and lowest for sale, right? That information needs to, and you give that paper to your client right there. Now, Mr. Seller, I'm going to save you some time. Please write it down. I'm going to give you the answer. At this point right now, at this moment, there are 26 properties for sale like yours, 33 in your area. The average price is $478,900. The average price per square foot and the, the seller, it's writing down that information. Got it? The average price per square foot is $431. The highest for sale right now is $678,000. The lowest for sale right now is a foreclosure for $378. And on average, those properties for sale on the market have been for have been on the market for 131 days. What do you think is happening at this point? The seller is realizing that you are truly an expert, that you know what you're talking about. Now I'm going to give you also the same information because I said it was 12 proper, uh, 12 questions. It's the same information, but for the properties that sold within the last six months. Got it? What do you think is going to happen, guys? What do you think is going to happen? to the agent that gets that question asked from your seller. Most agents don't know that information. So once I identify my 80 to 90 properties sold, I need to develop my specialized knowledge. That's gonna give you a level of confidence that you never had before. That how you're gonna feel so, so comfortable once you know that information and you are able to communicate that information to your sellers. Then after that, you need to do your marketing. We're gonna talk about marketing today and finally, you need to make sure that you speak to at least five to seven people every single day, all right? So before that, I'm gonna go through some of your, your comments right here, right? 
Scott said $3 million in listings. Scott, remember what we just said, right? We need to identify the area. And Scott, you've been in business for a long, long time. So you know exactly what area to focus on. You are in, in, in Sunny Isles, right? Salvador, three million, uh, three new listings by the end of January, 1.2 million at all. Salvador, uh, you are in Weston. So definitely that area will, will, you will be able to achieve that goal, $1.2 million in listings by the end of January. One very important point for Scott and Salvador, and thank you very much for, for interacting with me. We want to make sure that there are three new listings in case of Salvador or, or Scott, $3 million in listings. We want to make sure that are, they are sellable listings, right? That they are priced at the mark, that they are priced right at market or below market price, right? Overpriced listings wouldn't count for this. We want to make sure that we don't have another listing. What we want to make sure is we have another sale. Got it? Now, make sure you have those three. Once you have those three, make sure to communicate with me because the next step is to make sure we sell those listings ASIP. Another very important point in specialized knowledge for Salvador or Scott that are interacting with me. Aner says, you know, doing open houses, doing uh, Salvador says $1.9 million changing a little bit the, uh, the information here. In order for us to get the listings, part of that specialized knowledge about the market, then two more, presentation and handling objections. Guys, right here, Salvador, Aner, Scott, Denise, Maureen, Hugo, you guys have here all the objections that you're going to get from the sellers. I guarantee you, Every single objection that you are going to get from a seller, you have it in our in our program. You have not only the objections, but you have three different answers per objection. Make sure you learn them. Again, one more time in front of all of you right here today, and we have a lot of people here today in the call. Surprisingly enough for the second week of, of December, I expected a little bit few, fewer people today. Every single objection that you will ever receive from your sellers. Not only we have them here, but we also have the answer. And I'm going to give them to you right away. There are only eight objections. Pricing, commission, comparison, meaning they want to talk to other agents, authority, meaning they need to talk to their spouse or somebody else who's also an owner on the property, a thinking, right, escape technique, let me think about it, number six, no need, I don't need to sell. Number seven, I'm satisfied with what I'm doing. I don't need a real estate agent. Number eight, I don't want to compromise myself. Just bring me a buyer and I'll pay you the commission. I can guarantee you in front of everybody in the call today, and this call is going to be recorded, those are the only objections you will ever receive from a seller. If you want to increase your presentation to your listing ratio, you want to make sure that you know those objections by memory because one thing one more thing that i can guarantee you you are going to receive at least two of them in every single presentation got it again there are only eight objections pricing commission comparison authority escape technique let me think about it no need satisfy and compromise those are it that's it make sure you learn them one more thing presentation. Your presentation should not last more than seven minutes. Again, I coach, coach the top, top agents in South Florida. All right. We have them on Thursday 
live in our offices. We're doing a workshop, right, from 8.30 to 1 p.m. with four of the top listing agents in Day County. Their presentation is less than 10 minutes. It's extremely, extremely quick, all right? Make sure you keep your presentation under 10 minutes, and we teach you exactly how in our modules. So you have the presentation module, you have the market module, you have the objection module. So if you want to increase the number of listings, you need to make sure you have that specialized knowledge, right? Aynor says, Dita, okay, did an open house this weekend. It went well. Got three buyers, leads, and one listing appointment. What do you suggest to have a successful open house? Oh, very good. Let me share with you, very important, that remember there are four marketing quadrants, right? Email marketing, online marketing, social media marketing, and that what? And what? And offline marketing. Open house is one of them. Now, Aner says, I did an open house. What do you suggest to have a successful open house? So I'm going to share with you guys right here for you to have Aner. Very good question. Next time all of you do an open house, this is what you are going to do. You're going to go into your platform, into the platform right here. You're gonna go into the members area. I This is the way I log in. Some of you log in in a different uh, way, but I'm gonna show you, Aner, pay very close attention because I have, every, you're gonna go into the library, you go into English, and right here, Aner, you're going to have, you go down, down, down right here, and you're gonna have right here, right here, oh, where is it? I uh, missed it, right here, open house guide. So. For the, you click on here, download, and you're gonna have the open house guide. So before you do your next open house, guys, everybody needs to follow these four steps. I'm gonna share it with you right away, and I show you right here. Look, right, the four steps to a killer open house strategy. How to prepare your house for the open house, how to do the marketing and write traffic to your open house, what to do during the open house, and then what to do after. This is, and then at the end, you have a complete checklist, I'm gonna share all of this with you. You don't even have to go into the platform. I just wanted to show you that you have it in the platform, all right? Let me show you right here, where, where am I? Uh, right here. So Aynor, next time you do an open house, here's the link. Guys, download that link that I just gave you. My pleasure, Aynor, just download it right here. You're gonna have the whole complete, the four steps, all right? the pre 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 preparing the house, the marketing to drive traffic, what to do during the open house, and what to do after the open house. Make sure you internalize all that information, all right? So Aner says, okay, Salvador says, we are number three listing agents in our farm area. Very good, I knew it was Weston, Salvador, Weston Hines, and number five in Weston with three listings, very good. Other history is who is the number one of closings, we do not have closings. Number one listings totally in 1.1, 1.9. Salvador, I let's plan, let's plan to be the number one on closing, not just listings. Very good, Salvador, and that is exactly what I said, right? We don't want another listing, we want another sale. So I'm gonna give you a quick, a quick uh, tip on on how to increase your listings, how to increase your sales. Listing is not that easy, but the most difficult part is pricing the property at market price, convincing the seller that he's overpriced, right? 
And sometimes you say, well, but, but my property is the lowest in the market right now. Yeah, it's the lowest overpriced property in the market. Salvador and, and everybody on the line today, no amount of marketing will sell anybody's properties. No amount of market. The only thing that is going to sell your property, Salvador, Aner, Scott, and everybody else's, the only thing that is going to sell a property is the right price and the MLS. That is it. Now, why do I say this? Well, I'm going to give you, Salvador, a very extreme example. Let's say I have a house in Western Hills for sale, right? It is $900,000, right? $900,000. And this, and, and I advertise it in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, I mean, the top publications nationwide, right? And there is a, a New Yorker <coughs> coming down this week to Miami. And his only purpose, Salvador, his only goal is to find a 4-4 house in Western Hills for uh, four bathroom and four bathrooms. And I have that property, $900,000 for four in Western Hills. That is what that New Yorker is looking for. So he goes into JFK, the airport. He gets the Wall Street Journal. He gets the Washington Post. He gets the New York Times. He gets Forbes magazine, Fortune magazine, and guess, get Salvador, get, guess what he finds once he opens each and every one of those publications? My listing. Full page, full color ad about the $900,000 for bathroom house in Western Hills, which is exactly what he's coming down to South Florida for to find a house in Western Hills for four. And guess what? He sees the interior of the house in the pictures and he falls in love with my property. And I'm paying thousands of dollars a month to be on those publications. He gets into the plane, first class American Airlines. He takes out American Way and Salvador. Guess what? He opens this, the, the magazine, American Way. And what do you think he sees in the inside? My full page at full color, four four nine hundred thousand dollar house in Western Hills. This is this is exactly what I'm looking for. This is the first home that I'm going to see. I'm also paying for American Way. He gets to MIA Miami uh, Miami International Airport. He buys the Miami Herald. When he opens the Miami Herald again, he finds my house. A driver is waiting for him outside the airport. He's leaving MIA and he sees a huge billboard in the unit that says four four nine hundred thousand dollar Western Hills house for sale. Open house 24-7. He tells the driver, get me there. I came to Miami to buy a house in Western Hills for nine hundred thousand dollars for a bedroom, and I want to see that house. Guess what, Salvador? He gets to the house, my listing. And he falls in love with the house yet, but, but he has not seen any other property. My question to you, Salvador, Scott, Aner, and everybody, Laura, and everybody else on the line, Hugo, do you think he's going to put an offer on my property before looking at other comparable properties? Most likely, will he put an offer without looking at other properties? Or will he wait 
and see other comparable properties. Most likely, he's going to wait. So why did I go through all this extreme example? Because I said, again, I want to reinforce to everybody on the line that sellers, I'm sorry, buyers, right, will make the decision after comparing their property. So I can do all the marketing in the world, but none of it will work if I overprice my property. Got it? And as long as I have it in the MLS, I'm going to have the traffic to see the property because buyers agents are going to take their clients to the properties that are listed in the MLS. So very important, Salvador, and as you said here, we are number three listing agents in Western Hills, right? But you said we do not have closings, all right? What we want is the closings. So in order to have the closings, we need to price the property correctly. And many agents say, Salvador, yeah, yeah, but my property is priced amazing. It's the lowest price property in the area. Yeah, it might be the lowest price, but it might be the lowest overpriced property in the area. So in order to avoid this situation, right, or to solve this situation, we need to have a weekly conversation with our sellers. And in that conversation, we're going to tell them the number of properties for sale, average price, average price per square foot, highest for sale, lowest for sale, and days on the market. Also, we are going to tell them what's pending and what closed during the past week. And sometimes there is very little information, but just the fact that we're informing, educating our clients in a daily basis is gonna make it much easier, Salvador, to lower the price of the property. We need to have that constant conversation with our agents, right? Very, very, with our clients. So very, very good question, Salvador, and thank you very much for participating. Hugo says, what is your opinion to handle overpriced listings after all, I guess, Christmas done and explained, after all done and explained, sellers still stubborn on pricing, take it or politely decline it. Very good, Hugo. So again, I just went through this huge example. I didn't see your, your question before, but I, I hope, I, I think this, this ex example that I gave you, uh, helps you with overpriced listings because it's the number one issue. As you saw, Salvador said it, you know, Scott, I'm sure he has the same issue. Ainer has the same. We, all real estate agents struggle with having the right price. They know the right price, but struggle with convincing the seller on what the right price is. Price is. So another tip that I'm going to give you, another way of handling the objection is, Hugo, and uh, yeah, the, the CMA, don't worry about it. It's December, it's like Christmas. Okay, so here we go, Hugo. Uh, here's the point. This is the way I recommend you handle this objection. So Mr. Seller, let's say my my house is $900,000, but the real price of the house, it's 820, right? So Mr. Seller, I completely understand. I always want to agree with what he wants to do. I just want to put him in a situation where he, where he can make a different decision. So, Mr. Seller, I completely understand that you want to lease your property at $900,000. Now, with the CMA, Hugo, look at what I'm doing. CMA number one, this is a comparable property going for $825. This one is going for $815. And this one is going for $799. Let's assume right now, for the sake of the example, that they are pretty much the same. I just want to put my seller in the position of the buyer. So... If I have, you want to list it for $900,000, Mr. Seller, Hugo, for $900,000, right? 
The comparable, how many uh, rooms in this one? Four, right? What's the square footage? 3,700 square feet, right? What's the price? 825. What about this one? What's the price? 815. How many rooms? Four. How many, uh, uh, what's the square footage? 3,700, pretty much the same, right? And what about this one? 799, right? Many rooms, how many rooms? Same, four, four. What's the square footage? The same, again, for uh, the sample, uh, uh, for, for the exercise. Again, the same, 799. So look how I put the seller in the buyer's position, Hugo. If you were the buyer, Mr. Seller, which property would you buy? Oops, what's happening here? Which property would you buy? The one going for 900, yours. Would you buy the one going for 825, 815, or 799? Of course, 799. Now, Mr. Seller, our job, yours and, uh, and mine, is to put your position, your your, your property as the no, uh, to position your property as the number one choice for potential buyers, right? So, let's say if we overprice the property, how, what is that going? What's how is that going to affect the seller of your home? One more time, Hugo, if we overprice your property, how is that going to affect the job of selling your home it's going to be longer in the, in the in the market or it's going to be for a shorter time longer or shorter of course longer got it now what happens if i make the mistake and i underprice your property let's say i pr price it at 5.99 what do you think is going to happen mr seller Ugor? is that property going to sell for 5.99 or we're going to have multiple offers 625, 650, 700, 750, 799. It's going to get to market price. We've seen that many times. When you underprice a property, you do not undersell it. You get to market price because you're going to get multiple offers. It happens all the time. So, Mr. Seller, I rather make the mistake of underpricing the property and the market letting up, letting us know what the right price is. You, you don't have to agree with it anyways. You don't have, you can refuse the offer. But now the decision is on your side. I rather underprice a property and make the mistake and see multiple offers. I can always say no than overprice a property and leave it in the market for a long time. The longer the property is in the market, the least desirable, attractive is for potential sellers, buyers, because they think what you would think. What's wrong with that property? Does that make sense? Yes or no? By the way, Hugo, Aynor, Gloria, Laura, Salvador, Scott, Ed. All of these objections doesn't mean with all of the answer to these objections, it doesn't mean that I'm going to close every single seller. What it means is that I'm going to increase my probability and I'm going to save a lot, a lot of time, wasted time. All right. So I hope that helps you answer the question. One more thing that I'm going to tell you, those, those top agents that I mentioned, Riley Smith, Anthony Askowitz, Nivaldo, Oscar, they are top, top Nancy Bachelor. I mean, they are top agents. Their lead, please pay, pay very close attention to this. Their presentation to listing ratio, meaning the number of times they go to a presentation and get a listing is about 50%. One more time, look at what I just said. The top, top agents in the industry have about 50, 50% presentation to listing ratio, meaning out of every 10 presentations they make, 
they get on, only about five listings. So some of you will say, oh no, but I get about seven to eight out of 10 presentations. That means that you're not going to enough presentations. That means that you're only presenting to the people that truly you truly, truly know. Once you start going to the market where people are not very familiar with you and don't have a very close relationship with you, it's gonna go down. So if you have a listing to uh, presentation to listing ratio about 50%, all that means is that you are not talking to enough unfamiliar people to you. Very, very important, right? So Gloria says, my client wants to sell and has a tenant that does not finish deciding whether to buy. What is your recommendation to get a response from the tenant? All right, my buyer wants to sell. My client wants to sell. So I'm assuming, Gloria, that your client, it's the owner of the property. And the tenant does not finish deciding whether to buy. And I'm assuming that the tenant wants to buy that property. What is your recommendation to get a response from the tenant? Well, very simple. Gloria, I would not depend on that tenant. I would put the property for sale. And whoever comes first, uh, whoever comes first with the right offer, have your seller simply accept it. That's it. Right? We don't want to depend on anybody. You can't say anything to the tenant. There is a reason why the tenant has not decided, but I don't want to depend on that person. I can't force the tenant to make a decision. Huh? Now, I don't know, Gloria, if you have that property on the market, but putting the property on the market, if you haven't done so yet, right, might put a little bit of pressure on the tenant and say, listen, I want to make sure that I get this house, so let me put an offer on it. But you can't force anybody to buy a property. Again, my suggestion is to property on the market, put it on the market. Yes, thanks. Okay, put it on the market for the right price. Listen, and whoever is first come, uh, first come, first serve. That's simple, all right? I don't want to be hostage to anybody thinking about doing business with me, all right? All right, guys, so 1035, if there is any other question about how to become a listing agent, please do so. I want you, everybody on the line today, to post your goal for listings for the first quarter of 2020 for 2020. I want you email it to me. Email it to Orlando at MontielOrganization.com. My job is to make sure that I hold you by your hand through all these weekly meetings, through our forum, guiding you through the modules to make sure that you reach your goal for 2020 for the first quarter of 2020. The goal we're talking about today is very simple, more sellable listings. I, that's my, my, uh, my, my responsibility with you. I want to help you get more listings. But before that, I need to know, we need to know how many listings is it exactly that you want to have, all right? So email me at that number. For, for those of you who want to go to our top listing agent, I don't know if we still have space because it's a very small group of people. Let me show you right here what that's going to be. Uh, for those of you, I think it's already sold out, but if you wanna go, let me, let me show you right here. Uh, let me show you right here uh, what we're gonna have. Email me. I believe it's already sold out because it's only for 20 people. It is, it is in our offices, so it's a very small space. 
All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see right here. So for those of you who would like to attend, let me know, send me an email. And before you register, you, you won't be able to register. Where's the listen training that you're having? Look, okay, that's exactly what I'm looking for. So I think you already have it right here, guys. It's the workshop, how to become a top listing agent, uh, superstar listing agent. I'm going to have Anthony Askowit right here, as you can see right here, 125 average close transaction in the past 10 years, guys. We're going to have Riley Smith. He's the number one uh, listing agent in Day County in 2018 with over 260 transactions closed. We have Oscar Teran, the number one top producer and listing agent with more than $100 million in sales. Uh, Nivaldo Soria awarded number one top producer three years in a row for Jules Realty. This is, this is going to be an amazing, amazing event. It is in our offices right here. Uh, it is in our offices right here. Uh, here's the information right here. Uh, and by the way, it's only 20 people. We don't have a space for 25, so it's a small room. Uh, it starts at 8.30 in the morning on the 12th and it finishes at one, all right? Registration is 8.30 uh, and it's gonna be the 12th, all right? It's gonna be right here, December 12th. So for some of you who want to register, I don't know, I'm gonna give you the link anyways. The system will let you know if you can or not register for those of you who wanna do it. Uh, stop sharing right here. So here it is, look, right here. Let me put it in here. Eddie says, will you record that special uh, meeting? Uh, we are thinking about it. We, we, we might do it, Eddie. We might record it. All right. Uh, Henry. So again, it says the 12th. Lucas, where, when is the listing training agent? Again, it's going to be the 12th this coming Thursday from 830 to one. All right. Uh, and, and Eddie, I don't know if uh, we're thinking about recording it. It's a small room. So it's going to be full, completely full. So I don't know if the cameras are going to fit. Uh, but, but we're thinking about it. Can guarantee you that. All right. So hope to see you during the week in the forum. I, you guys know I'm in the forum at least two times a day in the morning and in the afternoon. Please send me your goals for the first quarter of 2020. Let's make sure you accomplish your listing goals for 2020. You might have different goals or many goals, but if you can accomplish the listing goal for 2020, guys, your business will radically change the way you will feel the way you will handle your finances, the way you're going to look at this business is gonna be completely different. So let's go ahead and become a top listing agent, dominate your area in terms of listings. We're here to help you accomplish that. See you next week, see you in the forum every single day. Take care guys, bye-bye.